Hey everybody, welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey guys, this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So today we're going to be talking about cholesterol and bodybuilding, but first I wanted to kind of get the audience caught up. We haven't really reflected on how things are going in our prep world for ourselves. So Mm. Chris, why don't you share with the audience kind of what you're doing right now um, in your prep life? Absolutely. So um, last we talked, uh, we had shared that we were utilizing the matador type of um, style when it came to my nutrition. So I was undulating between one week of deficit calories and one week of maintenance calories. And Oh my gosh, we've done that since November of last year. Mm-hmm. So Which originally I feel was like that two weeks and then we started doing Correct. like with your cycle one week. So. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. So I felt like I had come from a couple I had come from a time of not tracking my nutrition um, and a time of feeling like I had bur- hit burnout and wanting to get back into calculating my nutrition and getting into like full-fledged prep and so the matador in my personal opinion was a really nice transition period where I could mentally wrap my head around I'm going to have one week of deficit calories and then I'm going to have another week where I'm going to it feels like I'm in a calorie surplus but I'm at maintenance so I think Amy setting up my macros in that type of style was um, very helpful for me mentally and also got my nutrition under control. So like she said, we had done the two weeks of a deficit, two weeks maintenance, and then transitioned from one and one. And most recently, I felt ready for another change. And so um, we put my weekly calories in like one steady uh, like count and um, incorporated weekly refeed. So instead of me looking forward to a full week of feeling like full um, or like a calorie surplus, I now have one day where I feel the extra calories. And um, I would say that I feel like I was ready for that transition. I was getting, I was feeling a little bit like floundering with the just one week on one week off sometimes you want to see progress a little bit quicker so my priorities had went from just wanting to be comfortable with tracking my macros to now wanting to see a little bit more progress and since making that transition I feel like I've felt really good I feel re-energized the refeeds are really fun she gives me specific macros to add to uh, one of the days in my week And that's been really refreshing because last week uh, I felt like my metabolism had taken off. I was, had great energy. I was, my appetite was increasing. So by Sunday I was able to have like the calorie surplus and feel refreshed to go into this week. So that's been the biggest thing that has changed for me. And I think it's going great so far. Yeah. You lost like three pounds. Your average was like two if you, cause you take your average weight. But at one point in the week, you had dropped three. Um, Yeah, so basically what it is is just she had a severe or like not severe, but um, a pretty significant deficit 
and then maintenance. And so now you're just like in a slight deficit. So it's basically like the middle mm -hmm. of the road. Um, yeah. In terms of that, but you still just have like that little bit of a deficit. And yeah, it just is like the the secret sauce right now for you. Yeah. Moving and my thigh measurement. Yes. Yeah. And the, the other big win this week was my thigh measurement. It finally went down. I tend to carry more body fat in my legs. And so I had been doing the matador and that measurement wasn't really changing. And this week I saw a, a drop. So that was really exciting. I like, couldn't wait to tell you. <laughs> I was like, finally. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, my coach just switched me to carb cycling this week. So it's actually been feeling really good. I, we do like a three day low carb and then one day high. So today's my high day. Um, so I feel like I have nice. all this food. <laughs> um, yeah. But the low days haven't been bad. I've had like really good energy and um, it, I think it just all depends on what phase you're in. I, yes. I wouldn't have wanted to start out that way because I had taken a little bit of time off like um, this mm -hmm. winter and not being as diligent. So when I got back yeah. into it, it's sometimes easier for me just to like stay at a higher calorie range just so yeah. that I stay on track and then. Now yes. I am like ready for that next step where I can, I can handle the deficit, um, a little bit more cause I'm like motivated to, to push a little bit. So like at this point I lost like 10 pounds with the like standard calories and now I'm kind of ready mm -hmm. to hit that next goal weight, <laughs> uh, for this next month that I have set for myself. So that's great. There's so much you can do with nutrition and adapting it to a person's lifestyle or the mentality. And this is just a good example of two different people that and transitioning from different phases um, to to get that end result. I don't it's not cookie cutter at all. No, no. Well, it can be if you're if you're not if you're hiring the wrong person. But true. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So let's get into cholesterol. And the reason why I felt strongly about bringing this up is, you know, I think that a lot of things in bodybuilding and probably mostly because they're illegal <laughs> um, mm -hmm. aren't spoken about like in terms of PEDs, steroid use and things like that. So um, I wanted to talk about what happens to cholesterol in bodybuilders and why heart health is so important and some of the things that can happen uh, when people are on these types of performance enhancers. And so one of the primary things that happens a lot of times with bodybuilders is their HDL. So um, we'll, we'll backtrack and give you definitions, but their HDL, so their good cholesterol, that will mm -hmm. lower when they're on the performance enhancing um, drugs and then their LDLs actually go up. And so basically, so if we're looking at cholesterol, it's the definition is it's a waxy fat-like substance. And um, we talked about the two types. So the it can build up uh, in your blood vessels and it, it forms fatty deposits called plaque and these plaques can lead to problems like heart attacks strokes so your total and ldl levels should be low uh, and but then if you have more hdl the good cholesterol that will really reduce your risk for heart attacks and strokes because it mm -hmm. it's very heart protective so did you want to go over what a doctor would measure and then what, for, so I'm assuming most of us are women 
age 20 or over. So we'll go with those ranges for sure, um, like total cholesterol and things like that. And yeah, of course. So yeah, so the doctor will measure can measure your HDL, LDL, and total cholesterol levels. Um, And if you're looking, like Amy had mentioned, if you're a woman over the age of 20, these are kind of the ranges that you would be looking for. So your total cholesterol in a healthy range is anywhere from 125 to 200 uh, milligrams per deciliter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then your non-HDL is going to be less than 130 milligrams per deciliter. LDL, we want to see less than 100 and your HDL, we'd like to see 50 milligrams or higher. Yep. And so you can take statins, which are a medication that can be prescribed by your doctor. So, for example, my dad um, in particular, he has, he's very fit. He works out. He eats very healthy. He's like, he looks thin um, and fit and all of that, but he just has genetically high cholesterol and I unfortunately mm-hmm. inherited the same thing. Um, my grandmother who is 95 years old, still living, she also same wow. thing, like very high cholesterol, but she's super fit. She goes on walks every day, gardens. Good for her. Um, and she eats really healthy, but it's just sometimes we're genetically dispositioned to be in that state. So, um, mm-hmm. some of the ways that bodybuilders, if they are not genetically predisposed, positioned for this I mentioned with steroid use and things like that it can lower so if you're on Anivar or the it's the street name for Oxandrolone um, even if you're taking like certain SARMs um, such as like Osterine um, some other things that maybe people don't know as much that cause it are SERMs which are selective estrogen receptor modulators so like tamoxifen because mm-hmm. it does block the estrogen receptors in the body in men and women, it can also create higher cholesterol in the bad cholesterol and lower the HDLs. So remember, estrogen is very heart protective. Um, and then another one is an aromatase inhibitor, uh, such as anastrozole, which the street name for that is Arimidex. And that one is um, the aromatase inhibitors work on actual blood serum estrogens, not the receptor sites like tamoxifen. But that one, again, can, um, in bodybuilders, if they use that for, like, in men, they use it to prevent, like, gynomastia, and they do it, like, Mm -hmm. in a post-cycle therapy. Uh, Sometimes women will take the tamoxifen or the nasterzol with, like, um, a cycle of antivar or something like that. And so Mm -hmm. those... Both will, um, you know, put your heart at risk. So that's why these things are not, um, I mean, they have to be prescribed by doctors. Like you have to have your blood serum and lipid profiles done and monitored by a physician. These are prescription drugs that, you know, are prescribed to people with breast cancer um, Mm -hmm. in preventing hormonal, you know, breast cancer to either after somebody's had breast cancer, after their chemotherapy. These are different drugs that help people prevent breast cancer and uterine cancer and things like that. So they, it's really important that physicians are, are looking at people's hearts and their heart health. And so 
mm-hmm. we are not doctors, so we are going to talk about the things that you can do lifestyle-wise to improve your cholesterol. So whether or not you are just, you know, being a natural drug-free athlete, these are still things that you could, you know, you could potentially have high cholesterol. So mm-hmm. we're going to go over some of those lifestyle things that can help you nine ways basically to lower your cholesterol without a medication. So do you want to start with number one? Excellent. Yes. So number one is limit unhealthy fats. So your body already makes all the saturated fat it needs and eating too much of it can raise your cholesterol. So consuming fewer saturated fat sources such as red meat, uh, full fat dairy products, this can actually reduce your LDL cholesterol. Um, And then we also want to avoid trans fats, uh, which we all know are considered to be the most dangerous and some common places that you can find trans fats are in margarine um, things like store-bought pastries anything that lists partially hydrogenated vegetable oil as an ingredient which i think for prep lifers um, and peanut butter lovers um, partially hydrogenated oils are a lot of times found in uh, like non-stir peanut butter so always read the ingredient label and um, just make conscious efforts when you're looking at what types of dietary fats you're including in your macros right and if you're an avid listener then you would know that from our visceral fat (laughs) our belly fat episode so then number two is get your omega-3 fatty acids and this is um, commonly called an omega-3 so they don't negatively impact the LDL cholesterol levels. They can, however, improve your cardiovascular health and re- reduce your risk of heart disease and stroke. So consider place, replacing like a fatty red meat with like an oily fish, such as salmon or mackerel. And the American Heart Association actually recommends to eat at least two servings of fish, ideally oily per week. So some vegetarian sources or vegans, uh, for those listeners, you should include flax seeds, chia seeds, and walnuts, which are all great vegan sources of omega-3s. Yes, and I love flax seeds. I always recommend people to get ground or grind your own flax seeds because I know that's better absorbed. You get more of the properties from that seed source than whole flax seeds, which are almost like indigestible yeah and it does Um, act like a scrub brush on your intestines if you get the ground but if you're just uh having the oil by itself you really don't get the benefits of the digestive purposes but you do get the heart health advantages good point yes yes okay and then number three is eating more fiber so uh, many people know about the digestive benefits of consuming lots of fiber but Um, it's important to know that fiber also plays a direct role in our cholesterol health. So soluble fiber in particular can help by reducing the absorption of cholesterol in your bloodstream. So if we're looking at good sources that you can include in your uh, nutrition, that's anything from Brussels sprouts, oatmeal, apples, um, kidney beans, and pears are all really good examples. So, um, I know if you are counting your macros and you're using something like my fitness pal, um, making sure that you're keeping track of your fiber in, uh, your like summary breakdown is a great way to make sure that you're getting this 
the source in your nutrition. And I would say that sometimes uh, protein bars will come up with high fiber, but it's not the same as these whole food sources. Um, A lot of times it's from like added ingredients that are creating that bulk. So just making sure you're getting whole sources when you're looking at your fiber intake. Yeah, so you can definitely track that. It's in our journals for our check-ins. We ask our athletes to track their fiber, and we always recommend for females, most females need about 20 to 30 grams of fiber for Mm -hmm. their, depending on their height and weight. And you need to make sure that that's the fourth macronutrient outside of protein, fats, and carbs that you're tracking. And it can be also supplemented with like psyllium husk. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a good way of um, actually reducing your cholesterol too by just taking psyllium husk capsules if you're not getting it in your dietary regimen. So good recommendation. And we always recommend those during peak week just to get some extra push for the digestion. Yes. All right. Number four is cut back on added sugars. A sugary diet can cause your liver to make more LDL cholesterol while lowering your HDL cholesterol. So excess sugar can also uh, raise your triglycerides. It can inhibit enzyme that breaks them down. And then to prevent this, replace sugary type foods with naturally sweet alternatives uh, instead of like bold candy, for example have an unsweetened applesauce or a baked pear. And when you indulge in high sugar treats, stick to those moderate um, portions. And for our athletes, I usually recommend uh, no higher than 50 grams of sugar a day. And especially Mm -hmm. for those IFYM uh, members of our our group, it's just really important to look at that sugar in grams um, and, you know, try to keep that you know, at a, a reasonable number. Yeah. Which definitely that's something I fall, I've fallen into that, uh, trap of like, Oh, I have all these macros. And especially when you just are having tons of sugar cravings of, I can find myself filling up all of my carbohydrates with like processed sugar items. And I never feel good the next day. I always feel like I have a sugar hangover and I always find that my mood's like super cranky too. So aside from cholesterol, um, I think just monitoring that can just, I don't know, increase your overall um, life experience maybe. Um, okay, and number five is limiting alcohol. So too much alcohol can lead to a, a bunch of serious problems um, such as high blood pressure, stroke, and heart failure. Uh, but also large amounts of alcohol can raise your LDL levels. So that's your bad cholesterol. So you just want to make sure that if you are incorporating that, that you're sticking to a moderate intake. Yeah. And then smoking, quitting that habit can improve your HDL levels very quickly within 20 minutes of quitting your heart rate and blood pressure will recover from spikes caused by tobacco. And within three months of quitting your lungs and will function better as your blood circulation improves within one year, your risk of cardio- cardiovascular disease will go down by half. So wow. I don't think we have to convince anybody to stop smoking. It's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> good points. All right. And number seven is exercise on most days. Uh, I feel like as uh, athletes, 
exercise is part of our routine and our regimen, but um, maybe it helps to know another benefit. So engaging in exercise actually helps raise your HDL cholesterol, so the good cholesterol. Um, also boosts your overall cardiovascular health. Um, so, you know, making sure that if you are just starting out and you have not been exercising small amounts, um, like even 30 minutes of moderate exercise five times a week can make a huge impact. Um, so just making sure that, which I actually like doing some cardio in my improvement season as well. I know Amy, we've added that in also, um, just like for heart and lung health, I think that a little bit of that exercise is great. Yeah. And there was a study that, um, that showed regular exercise can help lower those LDLs and raise the good. And this study was done in 2019 and it involved 425 older adults that showed that moderate and rigorous activity lowered blood pressure, reduced blood sugar levels and increased HDL cholesterol levels. So just more proof in that pudding. Number eight is develop healthy sleep habits and sleeping too little is common, but super detrimental to your health. In fact, uh, the loss of sleep is associated with an increase in cholesterol levels and related to problems such as high triglycerides and blood pressure to improve your sleep, aim for consistent bed and wake times, sleep in a cool, dark, comfortable room and avoid stimulating activities such as working on a computer or playing on your phone before bed. Yes. Okay. And number nine is drink more water. I always get this word. <laughs> yes. I timed it up just so you would get number oh nine. Oh my gosh. It's just fate. Okay. So guys, uh, staying well hydrated is important, especially while you exercise. Um, and we want to make sure that if you're having So we talked about sugar as well. So making sure that we're looking at our sugar intake in our drinks versus just having plain water. Um, And we want to make sure that we drink water uh, with our meals. I know people talk about water before meals to control appetite, but we've also addressed this on our podcast, making sure that you're not consuming a ton of water right before you eat a meal so that your um, gut is populated with digestive enzymes to help break down that food. Um, I always find like in between meals is the best time to like drink plenty of water and then having one glass of meal is great. But definitely with exercise, you want to make sure that you are staying hydrated um, and making sure that you and making sure that you're drinking plenty of plain water as we recommend to our clients, roughly one ounce fluid ounce of water per pound of body weight is recommended um, just to keep you keep your, your cells fully hydrated. All right. And then high cholesterol foods to avoid. So anything that's full fat dairy, whole milk, butter, full fat yogurt, and cheese that are high in saturated fat, any sort of red meat such as steak, beef, roast, ribs, pork chops, and ground beef tend to have high saturated fats and cholesterol content. Now, you can have like a pork tenderloin uh, that's very mm-hmm. lean. You can have the Laura's Lean 96% ground beef. I really like mm-hmm. the taste of beef um, over like chicken and turkey. So I do the Laura's Lean quite a bit uh, to keep my cholesterol in check. And so there are alternatives if you like, if you enjoy pork, if you enjoy beef. 
those are some good choices on that. And then any sort of processed meats, such as like salami, bologna, like all those different things, they usually have things ground into them. So I'm sure not a lot of you are eating a hot dog or something like that during (laughs) contest prep, but um, those are things to avoid. And then any sort of fried foods, because of course those are going to have your trans fats in them with the oil so that they're mm-hmm. doused in and your baked goods and your sweets. So do you want to go over what it would be like if you did have high cholesterol, some of the symptoms that would be included? Yes. So aside from blood work telling you that you have high cholesterol, which I think as athletes, it's always good to get routine blood work done. Um, some common symptoms of uh, excess cholesterol is angina or chest pain. Uh, you could experience nausea, extreme fatigue, shortness of breath, any type of pain in the neck, jaw, upper abdomen, or back, you know, all regions that are kind of connected close to your heart. Um, also numbness or coldness in your extremities. So maybe these are good symptoms just to keep in mind, especially since as athletes, a lot of times we're setting examples for our loved ones. And um, if you notice anybody that complains of some of these symptoms, it may be a good sign that they should see a physician possibly about their cholesterol. Yeah. And I just wanted to add at the end here, because I know that as omnivores, it can tend to be um, kind of like a, okay, so what do I do? I have high cholesterol and cholesterol is animal fat, right? So I just like to share with everyone what kind of fats that I utilize in my diet um, and what kind of proteins that I utilize to help me keep my cholesterol down. And I've anecdotally and data has shown that um, from my blood work, when I stick to these lean proteins and I avoid certain types of animal fats, I see huge... um, improvements in my numbers. So I've had people like doctors want to put me on a statin because of my genetic disposition. And I always say, okay, let me just try to do a lifestyle, like a diet reset. So I stick to a Mediterranean diet where, you know, you can have, um, any sort of like whey protein, lean meats. Like I mentioned, um, I do, Mm -hmm. I like the texture of ground meats better than breast meat. So I'm not a huge fan of like turkey breast. I feel like it's dry. I feel like chicken breast can get like super rubbery if it's cooked wrong. So I like the 99% lean ground turkey. I like the 99% lean ground chicken. And then, like I said, I do the Laura's lean and then I do egg whites. I do whey protein. And then on occasion I'll do seafood if I'm just like really feeling uh, <laughs> like a You're wild hair. I, yeah, I don't do whitefish. <laughs> I don't do tilapia, cod, all that, but those are all really great for lower cholesterol items. Um, where I get my fat sources, I get them from monosaturated fats. So mm-hmm. all of my like nut butters, nuts, um, seeds, avocado, those are all really great. Al- olive oil, extra virgin olive oil is another good one. Um, I think that if you can pull out egg yolks, uh, the mm-hmm. egg whites, I mean, the, the yolk has all the cholesterol in it. And um, I've heard that coconut oil can kind of contribute to, but I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on coconut oil? I'm not sure. I don't, yeah, so I don't co- usually eat 
oils, but <laughs> I like to chew my food. Yeah. So. So <laughs> I like to chew my food. Yeah, I, I know what that feels like too. Um, yes, coconut oil does have saturated fat in it. So like we said, we want to make sure we're um, being conservative with our saturated fat intake, if we have, especially if we have cholesterol issues. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a good point. I also know that shrimp, although it is um, a lean source of uh, protein, does run higher in cholesterol as well too. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I also do ghee as uh, clarified butter. Um, It's very high concentrations of monosaturated omega-3s. So it's very healthy, heart healthy for the um, cardiovascular system. So ghee is one of my favorites um, as an alternative. I, I will, that's like the only oil <laughs> that I'll go with. Um, <laughs> I sometimes put that like on my English muffin. I like oh, the butter yeah, okay. feel on my, like, yeah. you know, bready. Um, I don't do the English muffins when I'm deep into contest prep, but in the improvement season, they're okay for me. Um, yeah. Okay, so I think that's, I mean, that covers a lot of the nutritional aspects on that. I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Um when I first started bodybuilding, it was because of my high cholesterol. Uh, that's why I want to make a change because I, I'd always been like very fit and athletic and it kind of like hit me hard when I, I saw like, Oh my gosh, I work out, you know, I was teaching aerobics at the high school, working out 90 minutes a day. And I'd always been like able to eat whatever, kind of like my dad, like he looks like he's like, you know, the yeah, skinny guy wild. that's like athletic and fit. And then it's like, oh my gosh, you have like high cholesterol. You're at risk yeah. for a heart attack. So it's kind of like a blow to the gut, but it is genetic. And some people, um, even if they don't have that genetic disposition, like I said, if they make certain choices in the bodybuilding world, it's a very real reality that your lipid profile will change very, very quickly. So if there, if those are choices that you're making, then just make sure that you're under the guidance of a doctor and that they're, you know, you're getting regular physicals. They're monitoring your blood levels and, um, all of that. And you're getting the proper, uh, support that you need. If you're going to make those type of choices, not that we're condoning those, but just saying like, it's a reality of our world. Right. So I just wanted to talk about it today because I think that that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was on my heart. So if there's anything that you all would like to hear more about, or if there are topics that you have that we have not covered, I know we always like to do Q and A's and if we get enough questions, then we can facilitate one like that. So if you don't mind, shoot us a DM. We are found on Instagram at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini. And we always appreciate it. Um, I was just sharing with Chris today that they're trying to uh, like, I guess <laughs> give us. So because of the amount of downloads or whatever to the podcast, they, they want us to start like getting advertisements and things like that. And I'm very against that. I don't want to have a bunch of ads. I don't want you guys to, we do this because we want to educate you and bring value to your life. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that we ask is just that you rate or review the podcast. It just helps other people interested in the sport with similar topics, um, be able to find us. And if you share it on your story on Instagram, tag us, please. We'd love to, you know, hear what you thought about the episode. Uh, we sure do appreciate it. And so if you'd like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com. 
hit the get started button. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys.